wind she is, we have to drop pretty fast. So hold on, because this can be just a little thrilling. <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> Look, we'll have landed by the time you get it right. Come along. Fifty miles of perimeter fence are in place. And the concrete moats and the motion sensor tracking systems. Donald's dear boy, relax. Try and enjoy yourself. Let's get something straight, John. This is not a weekend excursion. This is a serious investigation of the stability of the island. Your investors, whom I represent, are deeply concerned. 48 hours from now, if they're not convinced, I'm not convinced. I shut you down, John. <laughs> in 48 hours, I'll be accepting your apologies. Vermin's been extinct since the Cretaceous period. I mean, this thing is a month. This thing. What? What? How many of you were not born in 1993? Wow. 
Man, I was a junior in college in 1993. Wow. Well, Today, we're, and we're in this uh, brand new series, Life of the Movie. I hope you're enjoying the popcorn. It sounds like you are, and that's good. So enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. And I hope you'll be back again next week as we're just these next several weeks are doing this. Next week, we're going to do Walk, Walk the Line. There are these movie ticket kind of invite cards that are on your seat. I would encourage you, especially if you have friends or family members, neighbors or coworkers, next weekend, the gospel gets presented in a really cool way through the life of Johnny Cash. And uh, probably we've, we actually, that was kind of my vote to bring that one back because we, we've seen more people come to faith in Christ in the couple of times that we've done that than any other thing that we've done. And so, because it's just so cool to see the story. Today, though, we're talking about Jurassic Park. And you can see as this opening clip, there's the astonishment on their faces as they began to, to see the inhabitants of the island, the island itself, what's going on. And most of us kind of know the, the, the end of the story. Jurassic Park kind of serves as this modern day parable, if you would, of what happens when we try to control our world and especially when we try to control what doesn't belong to us in the first place. It reminds me of, of Genesis chapter 11. There's a biblical story at what's called the Tower of Babel. And really it became about because of the same type of controlling mindset that we see here in Jurassic Park. It's a story of humans trying to, uh, attempting to reach the heights and to be in complete control of the things that they were never meant to be in control of. The first thing that we see, and if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 11, 11, I'm going to be there in just a minute. If you don't have a Bible or if you're just too busy eating that popcorn, totally fine. It'll be on the screen. But our desire to control is rooted in a lack of faith. A desire to control is rooted in a lack of faith. A control freak. Now, I know no one in this room is a control freak except for myself. But a control freak, by definition, definition is this. It's a person who feels an obsessive need to exercise control over themselves and others and to take command of any situation. Let me say that again. A control freak is a person who feels an obsessive need to exercise control over themselves and others and take command in any and every situation. I know all of us is kind of a control freak about something. You may be a control freak about your online image. You love filters. Don't say amen or points, not nice. It may be your financial portfolio that you're just kind of obsessive about that, controlling of that. Your, your kid's future. You're kind of one of those helicopter moms or helicopter dads. It's the state of your house, how things look or where you're at or whatever, your career, your job. This is not new to us in the 21st century. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, says it this way. And now the whole earth had one language and the same words. Think about that just for a moment. The same language, the same words. Verse 2. And as the people migrated from the east, so they're moving from Eden, they found themselves in the plain of the land of Shinar, and they settled there. Verse 3, and they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had laid brick for stone and, and bitumen for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top to the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the entire earth. People wanted to stay together. People wanted to be together. They wanted to be together in one city, in one mind. They wanted to remain sedentary. 
And on the face of that, you kind of go, what, what's wrong with that? I mean, wouldn't that be kind of great? The problem is, is that God had called them to the opposite. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, the Bible says that God said to man, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. The idea was that not that you just go to one place and just kind of hang out there and just kind of live, but the idea was is to take over the entire globe, over the entire world, to multiply, to grow, to fulfill, to have dominion over everything that God had created, not just one particular plane of Shinar. It's really pretty true about us as people. We like to control things in our world as best we can. We, we really don't like change. I don't mind if you have to change because of me, but I don't want to change because of you. And we really don't like volatility. We really don't like difference. We, we just really kind of like to control what we have. So before we really get upset with the people of Babel, we're really not that much different. And that's kind of really what we see. The second thing that we see in Genesis chapter 11 is that when we overestimate our power, we underestimate God's power. When we overestimate our own individual power, we underestimate God's power. Think about this. Reflecting back to Jurassic Park, the problems all began with a severe lack of judgment and a severe overestimation of human power. The boat for the mainland will be leaving in 1900 hours. All personnel be at the document later than 1845. There's no exception. Good Oh, good day, sir. Huh. It's turning the eggs. Oh, God. Oh, perfect timing. I'd hope they'd hatch before I had to go to the boat. Henry, 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 why didn't you tell me? I insist on being here. And they're born. Come on. Come on. Come on, little one. Come on. Come on, little one. Come on. Come on, then. Come on, then. Very good. Push. Push. Very good. Push. Come on. Come on, come on then, there you are, there you are. There, they imprint on the first creature they come in contact with. That's it, helps them to trust me. I've been present for the birth of every little creature on this island. Surely not the ones that have bred in the, in the wilds. Yeah. Actually, they can't breed in the wild. Yeah. Population control is one of our security precautions. There's no unauthorized breeding in Jurassic Park. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and how do you know they can't breed? Well, because all the animals in Jurassic Park are female. Oh. We've engineered them that way. Blood temperature seems like a high 80s, maybe. Whoop. Uh, 91. 91. Homeothermic? Mm -hmm. It holds that temperature? Yeah. That's incredible. <gasps> but, um, again, how do you know they're all female? Has somebody yeah. gone to the park and 
pull up the dinosaur's skirts? We control their chromosomes. It's really not that difficult. All vertebrate embryos are inherently female anyway. They just require an extra hormone given at the right developmental stage to make them male. But we simply deny them that. Deny them that? John, the kind of control you're attempting is, uh, it's not possible. Listen, if there's one thing the history of evolution has taught us, it's that life will not be contained. Life breaks free, it expands to new territories, and it crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously, but... Uh, well, there it is. There it is. You're implying that a group composed entirely of female animals will breed? No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. What species is this? Uh, it's a velociraptor. Red raptors. So life finds a way. Go back to Genesis chapter 11, verse 4. It says this Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top to the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of of the whole earth. The Tower of Babel is all about human independence and self-sufficiency apart from God. They have no need of God from their mindset because of impressive intellect and technology. Does that sound familiar? I mean, if you read and you look at the technological advancements that are happening just in our lifetime, at some point, there's this whole mindset of, well, we basically can be God. We basically can create life. We basically can, because we've got this intellect, because we've got this, this brain power, because we've got this technology. But of all of this, and again, I'm not anti-technology. I'm, I'm actually preaching a message from an iPad uh, that's um, powered through Wi-Fi and other types of digital forms of, of power and you know, we're broadcasting this message and, and multi-site and so forth and so on. I, I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying, though, that we live in a time and a space that very much buys into this ideology. But this isn't new. This goes all the way back to the book of Genesis at the beginning, before there were iPads, right? Before there, were, there was indoor plumbing and before there was electricity and before there were so many technological advancements that we live with in our everyday lives. This isn't about technology, this is about us. This isn't about advancement, this is about us. This isn't about what we accomplish and what we do, it's really about us. It's our need for power, our need for control, our overestimation of who we are and our underestimation of who God is. It's funny to me I say it's funny because sometimes it's kind of scary, but it's funny to me how I stop and I look at whether I'm reading an article in a, in a newspaper or, or I'm watching a news story that's coming across the, the screen and, and I'm, or I'm hearing a conversation and it's about how powerful man is and how overcoming and basically how much we really don't need God or a higher power and how much even in the world in which we live in tries to just marginalize God and marginalize God and marginalize God and just kind of literally just kind of push him off the edge. Because we've got this. We have this. 
It's our own need for control. It's very funny to me how power is the root of control because none of us like to feel powerless. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt powerless? Where you're thinking, I don't know how to get out of this. I don't know what's going on. I, I, no, nobody likes to be driving along and all of a sudden you hit a patch of ice. No one likes to be in a situation where you're just stuck and you can't get seem to get out of it. No one likes to feel where you're emotionally powerless or you're in a relationship where you feel powerless. No one wants to feel powerless. And I, I'm not saying we should ever want to be powerless. But at the same time, we typically tend to overestimate our own power and worth and our need for control, and we underestimate God. We underestimate what his plan is and what he's called us to be. It's much like a, a parent to a child. The child thinks, I just need this, and I just need that, and I just, if I can just get, if they get this and get that. But yet the parent knows what the child needs. And the parent's not trying to render the child powerless. The parent's really trying to empower the child and trying to raise the child. and trying. But the child feels like that their choices are being taken away and their control is being taken away and their power is being minimized when the parent's really trying to develop the child. Because the parent knows this. The parent knows what the child doesn't know. Is that one day the child will grow up and will have access to all power. Unless the child's been developed and disciplined in a way in which they get and understand the severity of their choices, the power of their choices, their own need for control and how their own need for power and control are connected, they can self-destruct they can actually cause their own ruin, their own demise. They can actually derail the very thing that they're trying to accomplish in their life. So as it is with God the Father to us, not trying to pull back, not trying to minimize, not trying to make us powerless, but to empower us in a way that's sustainable so that we don't overestimate our own power and underestimate his. The third thing that we see in, in this Tower of Babel in, the, in Genesis chapter 11 is that we won't always have the power to control, but we will always have the power to surrender. We don't always have the power to control, but we will always have the power to surrender. Let me unpack that for a minute. If you've seen Jurassic Park, you know what happens. They, they thought that they could contain these dinosaurs, but it backfires and backfires badly. And in the breach of security, people die. And Dr. Hammond goes into a full panic mode. Matter of fact, towards the end of the movie, Dr. Hammond finally realizes that he won't always have the power to control, but he will always have the power to surrender. Check this out. Okay, for now, I gave him a shot of morphine. That'll be fine. 
Who better to get the children through Jurassic Park than a dinosaur expert? You know the first attraction I ever built when I came down from Scotland? It's a flea circus, Petticoat Lane. Really quite wonderful. We had uh, a wee trapeze and a uh, uh, um Car carousel <laughs> and a seesaw. They all move, motorized, of course, but uh, people would say they could see the fleas. Oh, I can see the fleas, mummy, can't you see the fleas? Clown fleas and high wire fleas and fleas on parade. But this place. I wanted to show them something that wasn't an illusion. Something that was real. Something that they could see and touch. A name not devoid of merit. Don't you can't think through this one, John. You have to feel it. <laughs> You're right, you're absolutely right. Having Nedry was a mistake, that's obvious. We're over-dependent on automation, I can see that now. Now the next time, everything's correctable. John. Creation is an act of sheer will. Next time, it'll be flawless. It's still the flea circus. It's all an illusion. When we have control again. You've never had control, that's the illusion. I was overwhelmed by the power of this place. But I made a mistake, too. I didn't have enough respect for that power, and it's out now. The only thing that matters now are the people we love. Alan and Lex and Tim. John, they're out there where people are dying. Control is an illusion. Man. Genesis 11:5. God's response to this Tower of Babel, to man's need for control. It says, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower with which the children had built. And the, and the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, they have one language. This is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of the earth, and they left off the building, the city. And therefore, its name was called Babel because the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over all the face of the earth. See, culture compels you and I to, to live contrary to the gospel. Again, if, because you may read that and kind of go, well, what happens? Why does God allow that to happen? Because 
you got to remember, we're made in the image and likeness of God. So God's a creator, therefore you and I are creators. God is, uh, uh, God is um, uh, whatever the attributes. God, God has a mind, we have a mind. God thinks, we think. God, God builds, we build. It, it's, it's how we're, but, but when we channel that in a way as they were doing to try to have control rather than to fulfill what God called them to do, there's a difference. It's like taking a, um, a skill set. And you choose, are you going to use it for your own self-seeking ambition and will and your own pleasure? Or are you going to take it and use it for the good of others? It's like every villain in every comic book. They have this power that can be used for good or for evil, but they get to choose what they're going to use it for. And they choose it as being the villain that they're going to use it for evil. But that same power and that same ability is given to another superhuman, in essence, in the comic. And and so what happens is, is that they use it for good. It's a choice. The choice is, are we going to, according to, to Genesis chapters 1 through 11, are we going to have dominion over the face of the earth? Are we going to, to, to be fruitful and multiply? Are, are we going to, to have dominion over, the, over the, the, fee, the beasts of the field and the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea? Or are we going to try to take that power and use it to control and build our own kingdom? Are we going to do it God's way or are we going to do it our way? That's the issue here. And again, control is an illusion. And it's so funny to me Maybe funny isn't the right word, but how we repeat ourselves over and over and over in history. We don't ever quite learn. We're going to build an empire. We're going to build a people. We're going to do this different. This is going to be, but it's all about control. It's all about coalescing power. It's all about human ingenuity and human wisdom and human design. Again, overestimating our own power and underestimating God's. And our culture and the culture that we live in today, it, it, it compels us to live this contrary to the gospel, contrary to God's word. To just take charge, control your own destiny, work hard and make it happen. And that sounds great. And again, I'm not for, if you know me at all, I'm not a passive individual. I, just see me in traffic. Just see me in a line. See me going to a checkout line. I was at Menard yesterday, and I'm telling you, I was in four different lines trying to, this is not fast enough. This is not fast enough. This is not, I, I'm so, I'm, right? I, I, I have to tell myself, meekness is not one of those things that naturally comes to me. Not because I'm all that strong, but because I just am all that impatient. And so I have to remind myself to power down and not to power up. But the world, so I'm not against hard work, I'm not against trying to get involved and whatever, but the truth of the matter is, is that the world, this babble mentality, this take control mentality, is an illusion that will destroy your soul in the end. You wanna know the reason why we've got more people spending more wheels, making more deals, and we're on more pills than we know what to do with? Because we're trying to take control of everything and we can't handle it. You know the reason why we've got more people falling apart than falling together because we're trying to take control and we were never created. You know the reason why we are, are accomplishing more but we're really succeeding at the things that matter less? Because we were never created for accomplishment, we were created for relationship. We know that God has a plan. The plan isn't for the Tower of Babel. The, the plan is that unification doesn't come through man. It comes through Jesus. 
And the difference of that is one is all about me and the other one's all about him. But if we can accomplish that in and of ourselves, Aaron, isn't that okay? I mean, but the problem is, is that we will consume ourselves in the process. The problem is, is that we were never hardwired to create and handle the things that we have to deal with. This is the reason why death is so, so difficult for us. This is the reason why people are so freaked out about COVID. Or anytime there's a pandemic where loss of life is threatening and imminent. Because we were never hardwired when God created Adam and Eve. He created them to live forever. But sin entered the picture. And when sin entered the picture, what came in? Sickness, death, and disease. It's contrary to our nature. So when we hear that, we, we freak out and we can't do this and we can't do that because it's all about us. Instead of just saying, hey, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But that, that feels so contrary because I lose control. Yeah. It's what Jesus teaches in Matthew's gospel, chapter 10, verse 39. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, Jesus says, you will find it. God says that he can, God can do more with surrender than I could ever do with control. God can do more with my surrender than I can do with my control. Jesus says the exact same thing in the Garden of Gethsemane. He lives this out in Luke's gospel, chapter 22, verse 42. He says, and when he prays, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Talking about the cross, the death, the burial, everything that's going to happen. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Because true power, true success in this life, I'm not talking about the sweet by and by, I'm talking about the here and now, is not about my ability to control the situation. It's about my ability to surrender the situation. So today, real one real simple question. What is it that you need to surrender? What is it that you're holding on so tightly? What is it that's driving the fear in you? What is it that, that brings the uncertainty and the anxiety levels go up? Is it your kids? If you're a Christ follower and you've been attending Life Church for any amount of time and you have children, you've probably have stood on this platform and you've dedicated them unto the Lord. You've given them unto God, didn't you? Even as you hear a baby's voice right now in the silence and the quiet of this room, it reminds us. The Bible says children are a gift from the Lord. That sweet voice, they're his. Hey, 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 control is an illusion. Surrender them unto the Lord. I'm not telling you to disengage your mama bear, soccer mom instincts, ladies, amen? But I'm telling you, he's got them. Your job, your career. I had a young man in my office the last week and he said, hey, I just wanna pick your brain on some leadership things. He said, what would you tell the 26 year old Aaron if you could today? And on the eve of being 50, this is what I said to him. I wish I would have just given a little bit more to the Lord and just kind of enjoyed the journey a little bit more. I'm so busy 
trying to make it happen. I'm so busy trying to accomplish. I'm so busy trying to, the things that God's put in my heart, get those things out. And although that comes from a good place, it's my need for control. I'm so busy trying to control all this and meet the right people and get at the right place. And instead of just his yoke is easy and his burden is light. If I'd have learned that a little earlier, not just head knowledge, but in my life, I would have probably been a little better off. What is it that you need to surrender? Are you trying so hard to get married that that's all that you see? Maybe you need to surrender that to the Lord. You're trying so hard to get somewhere and to make something, maybe you, need to, maybe you didn't have the affirmation of a dad. It's just big, especially if you're a man. For a father to look at his son and say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus gets that audibly. And if Jesus needed it, we all need it. And maybe you're trying so hard because you don't feel adequate and it's just, it's the control. And if I give this up, if I give this up, maybe it's money. Maybe you were born poor and you're like, man, I don't ever wanna go back to that. I don't ever wanna live that way. I don't ever wanna be that way. I don't ever wanna do that. I had a guy, I had a conversation, a business guy and, and, and very successful and, and he gets out of his luxury, luxury vehicle and, and he's wearing probably his clothes cost more than I'll make in a month. And, and he sat across the table for me and he said, man, when I was a kid, this was Christmas. My parents would go on Christmas Eve to Walmart and would buy underwear for us and would leave it in the Walmart bag and literally would lay it, set it out on the, on the, the couch. And the next morning, that's what Christmas was. I don't ever want to go back there. I don't ever want to go back there. I don't ever want to go back there. So I push and I push and I do and I give and I go because I don't ever want to be there. And I just kind of grabbed his arm and said, bro, I don't think we have anything to worry about. This fear in you is driving all of this anxiety around you. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. What do you need to surrender to God today? Maybe it's your soul. I know that sounds heavy, especially if you just finished eating popcorn and we're just watching Jurassic Park and you're like, man, he went for the juggler on that one. Maybe you just need to give your life to Jesus control. You've been trying to make it happen. You've been trying to, to put it all together. Maybe it's just that you need to say, Jesus, I give you control. Come into my heart, come into my life, be my Lord and be my savior today. Forgive me of my sins. I don't know. Here's what I wanna do. I wanna pray for you, all of you. I'm gonna have the band just do a song. It's not a song that you're really gonna to sing to. Their lyrics may be on the screen, I'm not sure. But it's what I call just a few minutes of reflection. And I just want you to think, what is it that I need to, what is it that I need to give up today? What is it that I need to surrender? Jesus had to surrender. All throughout scripture, we see every time God uses any person greatly, they first give up before they go up. Every single time. 
This is not that you're a terrible, horrible person. This isn't a condition of your, of the 21st century. This isn't a condition of your personality. This is called being a human being. We love control, but it's an illusion. And when we try to control it, we blow things up. Just like Jurassic Park. What is it that you need to surrender today? I want you to answer that question for yourself. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Father, I just thank you today. Thank you today, Lord, for the opportunity to be able just to take a few moments and ask ourselves the question, what is it that we need to surrender? What is it that is so heavily controlling us or we're trying to control it? What bronking horse are we on, this raging uh, beast that we're trying to control, that we're trying to tame, that we're just about to, to give off, we're just about just to fall off? Oh God, what is it? What fear is driving us? What is it that we need to surrender? Lord, I pray if we need to give our life to you today, speak Holy Spirit in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.